1: Eric and I got a little bit too excited and forgot to do the formal introduction so this pod starts with us talking about the great fantasy baseball Invitational
0: I just sent a couple of resources over to you uh Mike this is a lot of information from hundred ninety five uh fantasy industry walks or one hundred ninety four and
1: up. <laughs> you know I clicked the I clicked like the the draft board for eight and the colors are really something else oh yeah i don't (laughs) i don't get it it's like pretty pretty uncalled for frankly
0: yes i would i would
1: totally agree so you you've been making these picks really i've been making these picks with a little bit of input from me what pick are you most proud of so far
0: Whitmer field at number 90 dude (laughs) dude really So early in the podcast to mention Whit Merrifield. You know who's
1: gonna be. You know who's gonna be worth more than Whit Merrifield. I think by the end of the year.
0: Ender Inciarte. Bingo. Really. The no doubt pick that I got was Mike Trout at number one. Mm -hmm. Pretty easy. Pretty easy call. Have you
1: ever owned Mike Trout?
0: This is the first time. Me too. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, you you have to get the number one pick in a redraft league. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's the yeah. only way you get Mike trout right now.
0: I almost picked El tuve just for um just you know continuity between my teams <laughs> but i i I didn't want to talk a little m l b news we We actually have like a little bit
1: yeah should we should we check out the news. Let's do the news indeed uh this late edition, but Ichiro Suzuki officially rejoining the Mariners.
0: Way to go, Ichiro.
1: If even if even a forty three, is he forty three? Forty-three year old man is bailing from the Marlins, you know they're in trouble.
0: Okay, I and I shared with you a uh, some of the analysis by a budding data scientist. Um, have you have you seen this this yet? Kate Upton's husband?
1: I was just admiring it. Really something.
0: Yeah, Kate Upton's husband posted some analysis clearly clearly done in um looks like an R graph, quite frankly. Um of when essentially when the balls changed, when he thinks the balls changed.
1: Yeah, I um
0: don't think that he made these.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I was I was actually going to say I think that He's a little late to the party, first of all. I mean, did you see the article where 538 literally took CT scans of the baseballs this week?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, people are invested in this idea. I think, like, pretending like it's a vast conspiracy now is just silly. Like, the balls are clearly different, everybody.
0: I know. I don't know why the MLB hasn't been like, yeah, the balls changed so what why don't we just say that it's like
1: they're playing so coy with this
0: these are cage free rubber balls now you know the leather is from only um cows that were sustainably sourced i don't know so just say something something ridiculous Oh so you're saying your strategy would be to throw
1: people off the scent by giving them some like feel good change as opposed to the like we just made the rubber bounce here because we wanted to see it go further.
0: Yeah, was, whatever. <laughs> we changed the factory in Mexico that makes these balls to more sustainably efficient. You know, I don't I don't know. It's a better factory. Whatever. We don't we didn't really check into it. Who cares? Organic rubber. I mean, there's
1: so many things. I actually now I've I've rapidly come around to your PR strategy. All right, this week on the pod, we are going to get ready for the draft. Eric is going to help us get into fantasy. Start thinking about some of the base. Uh, strategies that you could employ in your own draft. And then I'm going to reveal a little bit more of this tool that I've been working on to scrape Google News and get a little bit of much-needed advice from Eric. So take it away.
0: It feels like I should have done this a few weeks ago, given our league's early rolling draft start. But but anyways, but you know, whatever. Um, I've actually been struggling a bit on steering this section towards data. Oh, and away from pontification, without diving right back into the rankings, which we did last week, Mike. Why do you, Why do you think that is? That we just we go right back to rankings. Does that Does that show our flaw? Does that show my flaw in the no. draft prep? Show your flaw.
1: No, that shows our obsession with numbers and quantification.
0: Mm. Yeah. No qual. Qualitative analysis here.
1: Yeah, I mean this is this is what we've talked about in the past, right? The idea that, that we don't actually want to watch baseball. We
0: <laughs> we want to look at the numbers. Yeah, who someone just come Oh, my buddy Justin Upton just complained about that. He said that every every team sees <laughs> just sees players players as numbers and they nitpick as soon as and he's not he wasn't courted during free agency. Well but I time.
1: <laughs> it's worse than that because we don't even look, I mean, we just kind of, we kind of tend to take aggregated projections as gospel, right? Instead of making our own.
0: Right. So let's just jump right into some of the tools here. I, I, I put down in a list kind of some of the tools that that we should use in preparing for the draft and in while you're drafting. And the first one right here I've got is projections. You know, every player has a projected slash Slash line at bats, runs, RBIs, etc. And these days, the projection algorithms don't really vary too widely. I think the biggest variation is in the injury impact, right? Yo, yeah. Right. And this is what Mike's talking about us taking these as gospel. Like, oh, this, (laughs) you know, this player is estimated to have 31 home runs this season. Uh, Like, oh, he's so much better than this guy who's projected to have 26 home runs. (laughs) All right, Mike. So I've actually I put together a little exercise for you oh based on projections. Oh boy. Um I've got two lists here. Uh projections wise. They're I guess they're called zeal projections. They're from Fantasy Pros, mm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um do you wanna guess? And I'll just say you can just ha- try to get, guess half of these. Starting pitchers with over two hundred Ks projected for the season, or shortstops estimated at having over twenty-one home runs this season. So, um, I'm going to do pitchers with over two hundred Ks. Okay, just uh,
1: you. We've got eleven. Eleven. Okay. Let me start with the let me start with the easy ones. Um, Max Scherzer. Clayton Kershaw. Yes, and yes. Uh, Zach Grinkey. No. Zach Grinkey's not. No, he is not. Really? All right. Really. Robbie Ray. Chris Sale. Yep. Uh,
0: Corey Kluber. Yep. My best friend. My ex best friend. Chris Archer? Yeah, of course he's, he's estimated. Justin Verlander? Uh, yep. Yeah. Kate Upton's husband.
1: Are they, do they have Bumgarner up there?
0: No, he was at 199. Okay, so close. Yeah. 199. Uh,
1: Severino must be up there. Yeah. Um, do they have Carlos Martinez? Nope. Okay. You uh, Darvish? Nope. Really? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Three more. Rossberg? Yes. Really? And yeah. then let me let's see which one of the Mets: Cindergard or DeGrom?
0: I'll just give it to. You. It's DeGrom, not Cindergard.
1: It's DeGrom, not Syndergaard. And then I have one more, right?
0: Indians. Indians. Oh, Indians. Carrasco? Yes.
1: Okay.
0: Wow. So, starting pitchers estimated, projected, that is, at over 200 Ks this year. Scherzer, Sale, Kluber, Archer, Robbie Ray, Verlander, (laughs) Severino, Kershaw, DeGrom, Carrasco, Strasburg. That's a pretty hefty list, especially compared to last year. All right, next tool that I want to talk about which we don't really have to talk about because we discussed last week is rankings um, fantasy experts rankings are available across the internet make sure you're finding rankings that match your league format another tool that we've, we sort of talked about a little bit last week and talked about quite a bit is ADP average draft position which relates when a given player is drafted across leagues so aggregate all the leagues up figure out what the averages that the, that a player is drafted where. Um we're big fans of this one as a metric is crowdsourced and brings in a lot of data points. So we're really able to see not just like one expert being upset at, at Justin Upton and, you know, ranking him poorly. <laughs> this is a bunch of people, a lot of people making independent decisions, which is which is a really good way to come to a conclusion.
1: Yeah, I think actually I'd be curious to know what the covariance is on these because I I don't think that they're completely independent. Oh, they're not.
0: And I think that oh, just website to website, what you're going to get is you're going to have a distribution around where that website's um, rankings lie, you know, so... ESPN, ESPN sites are going to be closer to ESPN. CBS sites are going to be closer to the CBS rankings. But it all breaks down at the end of a draft, right? So you get to see what, sure. an actual, um, what happens within a draft to some of these players. Here, I'll start with uh, we had a board bet on this guy. It was him versus uh, Jason Hayward last year. Oh. David Peralta. David Peralta. That's a good one. That was number one. He's his ranking. His average ranking is two thirteen. His ADP is two seventy nine. Uh, someone that you kept, Shinshu Shinshu Chu. Okay, I mean, these days. <laughs>
1: that's like you make it sound like I kept him this year. Half a decade <laughs> ago, you kept him. Uh, one
0: ninety five to two sixty. Um, some one of my favorites, Cole Calhoun. <laughs> two forty to two ninety eight. These are big drop-offs. Those are really big drop-offs. I, wow. Steven Piscotti, 226 oh, to 278. I
1: glanced over Piscotti wondering if that was a possibility.
0: And then last, Starlin Castro. Poor. Starlin Castro. Poor guy. Um, the other direction, guys who are, uh, who are <laughs> uh, ranked lower than their, their average draft position or whatever the way what you think of it. Yeah. Guys who are going ahead of their ranking. Greg Holland. Hmm. Austin Barnes. I don't even know who that is. Glabar uh, Torres. That's prospect type. Yeah. And then Aaron Sanchez. <laughs> hmm. Just picked in Uh-oh. our league. And your boy, Eduardo Nunez.
1: This is That's one case where I promise you the wisdom of the people is correct.
0: <laughs> sure. All right. <laughs> So another tool that's used in drafting is tiers. Analysts create groupings of players that approximate different levels of production by position. Um, So they end up being like elite and average and below average and sub close to elite, you know, these really, really esoteric things. We need to go, go through and make like game of Thrones references for our tiers. If we do this next year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this might be a fun clustering exercise that we could do ooh. down the road to make it like totally totally automated ooh I like that idea anyways the last tool that I want, that we should talk about for a second here is mock drafts have you done many mock drafts? a mock draft is when a bunch of guys go online pretend to draft for a league and then uh, never do anything with the players that they've drafted. It's all about just...
1: There is a utility to this in the sense that I find it... I do always find it hard to predict how other people are going to to think and where they're going to pick people and... Like the different ways that drafts can play out, because you only get you only get one draft, you only get one shot. There are a ton of different ways that your draft could go, and you—it's there really is sort of like a butterfly effect, right? If somebody picks someone in an early round, then the draft can go an entirely different way. I mean, if if all three of the top tier closers are off the board at the end of the first round, people might start melting down.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, everybody is that might screw everybody up, which is perfect, which is what exactly what you want, but is like one mock draft?
1: No, no, you have to no. If you mock draft, if you mock draft, it's gotta be volume. I would say that the times that I've, that I've done mock drafts, which I actually didn't do any this year, but last year I did a bunch. I was doing, I did one a day for like two weeks.
0: So why not you just ADP it? Like you could put together a Monte Carlo simulation for, for a bunch of drafts, right?
1: I don't I don't think that's true because because of what I said, the butterfly effect, because you you can't you can't predict how the draft will diverge after a really early time.
0: But of course you could. You could set the model up to be able to start making those considerations.
1: We need we need to bring chess algorithms into this, right? Because like anytime anyone plays a chess game, it's after something like the first 12 moves you're at a board configuration that no one has ever been at before in history oh my gosh (laughs) it's some like astonishingly small number of moves and so and yet you have the same set of rules so it's the same it's the same kind of thing that would have to go into your draft that you would have to have that that machine learning layer that went in and said oh like Uh, You know, Max Scherzer was picked five or something. So now I have a prediction for where all the other pitchers are going to go because of what I know. AI, man. I mean, I think that's the only way you could do it. And that's much more expensive to do mentally and computationally than
0: ADP. That is absolutely correct. Yeah. And this is what I was trying to get to. Like, yeah, we can invent Skynet, you know, for (laughs) trying to put together models. But we could also just look at ADP. All right, so a couple of approaches. Targeting, identifying players that you really want on your team and reaching in order to assure that you get them.
1: I think that it depends on the size of the league and the ultimate depth of the league.
0: Yeah, for sure. And your uh, understanding of what the rest of the league is going to be doing in a draft. Yeah.
1: The deeper the league, the further you can reach. I mean, I think I think almost everyone is in snake drafts and so the closer you are to the ends or the shoulders of the draft, the the
0: more you have the, to
1: the more the rules go out the window on this. So for instance, I don't begrudge you for reaching <laughs> at all for Buster Posey in the Fan Tracks the the Great Fantasy Invitational. I kind of had to. Yeah. When we're on the shoulder, yeah. I mean, when you're on the shoulder
0: in a 15 team league, like if you want a guy, you got to reach. Yeah, if you want a guy, if you want to fill a position, etc., yeah, sometimes you just have to have to go for it. But then you also have to
1: you also have to be ready to do the trolling of the best available guy.
0: Exactly. Other scheme, other approach, uh best available. Uh just making the pick that's there, you know. Sometimes Sometimes the pick is almost made for you because the guy's just sitting there, and you're like, ah, "Well, I have to. I just have to take him." All right, and then the last one is yeah, putting together a scheme. So identifying a playing style for your team and building with that playing style in mind, like I'll go after power, or I'll go after speed, or I'll go after starting pitching. You know, I think that those are dangerous in a draft to just be like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to play towards this strength." Like you kind of have to let the draft come to you a little bit. We probably
1: shouldn't admit that
0: we weren't sure about Adam Jones's
1: age, but here's us talking about it
0: anyway. Adam Jones was just sitting there, probably around later than he should have been. And I was like, geez, there we go. He's not that old. How?
1: Wait, how old is he?
0: Doesn't it feel like he's been around forever?
1: It can't be more than 36.
0: Uh, Adam Jones is 32."
1: 32 (laughs) he's 32 Old man uh that is insane
0: yeah no absolutely
1: holy cow that was unexpected so i've been working on this google news scraper that i told you a little bit about in the past and i warned you that it was gonna that it was gonna be coming up here and i changed it up a little bit so last time i talked to you about this or i'm looking at a different facet i should say Last time I talked to you, I was thinking about sentiment analysis, and we rapidly decided that that was going to be pretty tough. And so I backed off a little bit on that idea, and I decided to do a different tactic just to see sort of where this took me. All right, what I did was I grabbed the number of Google News results Mm -hmm. on a particular player over a given timescale. So I tried this on a few different timescales. It turns out a day is a little bit too short to see anything. A month is a little bit too long. Some of the trends get washed out, although we'll talk about that. And then I settled on a week for thinking about guys that are really entering the zeitgeist. Do you think a week is the right timeline? Just off the top of your head, and then I'll give you some experiments.
0: I would assume, yeah. What is it, like three to four days is a new cycle? That's
1: kind of what I was thinking, that that by the time somebody heats up, I mean, the goal for this, this is to track it over time and see when individual players are are becoming more popular. I have a little bit of a concern that some players get just have base higher news results. And I'm going to try and talk you through why I'm worried about that. And I'm going to do this
0: Yes, I'm sorry, but isn't that sort of like public teams in the NFL and in betting? Like, the Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers, the lines are always, like, skewed towards them because they're just more popular, more more known. And that's not a zeitgeisty thing. That's just, like, that is just in, intrinsic to the, the world. Yeah,
1: so on some level, I want to know if that's true. And then I want to see if we can maybe you can give me some input on whether it's worth developing a baseline for each each one of each one of the guys and i'm recording these now i've been recording them for a couple of weeks but i'll talk about the use a little bit later all right here are the most talked about guys the most talked about batters in the past week this is a pretty long list but anybody jump out as i go down this list brad miller chris taylor chris young tim anderson nick williams eric cosmer chris davis adam jones carlos gonzalez chris carter Carlos Gomez, Jose Reyes, Josh Bell, Daniel Murphy, Jose Martinez, Michael Taylor. Wow.
0: That's, if, if that's a good list. If
1: there's something that, that these guys have in common, I don't know what it is.
0: <laughs> there is not, except for that they're the ones who are be- most being talked about, apparently.
1: And they really are. And so if you, I like. I that popped this popped up and I was like, this can't be right. <laughs> like, what the heck? Why are these the people being talked about? But when you look at the actual news results that Google has accrued on these guys, it's all things they they've all featured prominently in something. Either they had they had a really like a play that got reported as yeah. sort of a Sports Center top ten or something had a big signing or big signing or the subject of some trade rumors or they, minor
0: injury. Uh,
1: things weren't going well for them. Yeah, it's kind of all over the map. So, can we learn anything from this?
0: I don't know, but I I mean, I think this does help you to like cut down on who you need to check on a given week, especially leading up to a draft, like, okay, just assume that everybody is doing whatever from the research from last week, but then look at those players and be like, okay, Brad Miller, has he gone up or down? And I think that's what you're really trying to see is, has the player changed in last week up or down? Like Carlos Gomez signing um, signing himself for a year in the Ray tank. like <laughs> That's awesome. He's totally going to get it at bats.
1: Poor guy. Though
0: I do worry about his safety. He runs into walls all the time, and that's apparently a really hard outfield.
1: Yeah. Why does he do that?
0: He plays hard, man
1: plays hard that's your whole answer all right well let me let me contrast this a little bit with the guys that that have been talked about over the past month and i'm curious if if there's anything that comes out here so i was kind of looking for guys that didn't show up on one or the other list and tried to figure out well why why would that actually be um so of the guys that were in the past week one two guys showed up that weren't in the news in the past month they just came into the news cycle Eric Hosmer, and Daniel Murphy. A bunch of the other guys are still on there, like Brad Miller, Chris Taylor, Chris Young, Tim Anderson, Chris Davis, Adam Jones, our boy, now our boy, uh, Carlos Gonzalez, Chris Carter, Carlos Gomez, Jose Reyes, Josh Bell, Jose Martinez, and Michael Taylor. So those guys that are on both the month and week list, they do have something in common, in my opinion, which is people wondering if they're going to produce at the level that,
0: They didn't produce that last year. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Carlos Gonzalez. What is Uh happening there? I know. On both lists. Like him and Carlos Gomez. (laughs) Yeah, Cargo is going in opposite directions all of a sudden. Who would have expected? (laughs) Yeah, I know. And, you know, Jose Reyes
1: is on this list. Josh Bell, it's one of those, like, okay, you were a highly touted prospect, and then
0: you you didn't do
1: anything. Yeah, you're ever going to make it. I mean, this is like the Byron Buxton phenomenon from last year, I think.
0: Michael Taylor was, too. Yes. Highly talented process. He's we just supposed to him. make it. Yeah. We
1: talked about him. All right, but how about guys that, that fell off the radar? Are you ready for these? Jose Ramirez, Austin Jackson, J.D. Martinez, Nick Williams. So, J.D. Martinez stopped being talked about because he finally signed somewhere.
0: Yep, yep.
1: I don't know about the other guys. I don't know why they were interesting and they stopped Why
0: Jose Ramirez?
1: I... Like it worries me that he stopped being interesting.
0: Yeah, I don't well, I think that he's sort of trying to be a a um a Gronk type guy. Oh, really? I don't think he's trying to be. I think he just kind of is. He's just a bit of a character. I
1: did not know that. <laughs> that's funny. That's a good that's a good thing to know.
0: No, yeah, I think he's like yeah, he's a caricature of a of a baseball player essentially.
1: Anyway, I'm thinking about those guys. But how about this? So those are two things that – those are two tools that I'm going to keep using. I'm going to keep tracking some of this baseline stuff, see if we can suss out some signal. There's definitely a ton of noise in this metric, a ton of ton of noise. Um, The one thing it is good at sussing out is who absolutely doesn't matter. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) no, absolutely. You know, over the past week, John Jaso had five whole hits. (laughs) Wow, John Jayso. <laughs> Just to give you a sense of the scale here, Jose Ramirez had 19,000 hits over the past week. Yeah, you don't need to add John Jayso. So how about these guys? You want to make some predictions going forward for guys that might make it into the news? We have <laughs> still some pending free agents, and I'm gonna set up I'm gonna set up some alerts on these. I'm gonna follow okay. these and see yeah. if we can see if we can suss out when the numbers increase. Um, I'm going to pick, we have, a, we have a list of, I don't know, 15 guys or so here. I'm going to pick a couple that I think are going to top the news list. I'll track all of these and see who, see who does best. Jake Arrieta's landing place is going to be huge news Absolutely. when that happens. Mike Moustakis is going to be huge news as well. Yep. And then I'm going to go with John Lackey. It's going to be a news guy. Not impactful wow. necessarily, but news guy.
0: Well, I'm curious about Joey Bats when he signs. I think uh-huh. there's going to be a lot of news. I think there should be a lot of news about Lance Lynn, but there won't be. There so won't I think be. Alex Cobb, Alex yeah. Cobb is going to be the guy. And then fine, I mean, it's Carlos Gonzalez. Really? Of course, is going to. Stay. He's in the news right now. He's going to get back. All right. Here's what's up. Next Monday.
1: We're going to see between the two of us who had more news results for their three guys. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Again, the goal here is to try and develop some course metrics to highlight players that I might not have seen otherwise. Now, something like Google yep. News results is, is, you, is useful for that um, just because we know that people are talking about it we know that other people are talking about it and somehow it might not have come across my radar, or maybe I'm just going to find out that I'm just repeating the news to myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we want to try to avoid. All right. You about ready to wrap this sucker up?
1: I absolutely am. And for a long time, I thought this was an insult, but I decided it wasn't.
0: No, after, after last week's pod, we're talking about potential (laughs) series that we'd be doing on this, uh, you know, on the, review sessions, and I came to this conclusion that we are, we're actually two Watsons. There's not, we're not Sherlock and Watson, we're no. not two Sherlock's, we're we're two Watsons. And that's, I don't even know how to, how to, how to think about that.
1: You're absolutely right, I think you've hit the nail on the head, you know, we're both out here, we're both executing, we're both looking at the minutiae, um, missing that big picture and that just random stroke of genius sometimes.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm just toiling away, just being doctors in the world of a <laughs> opiate <laughs> obsessed maniac. Yeah, somehow that didn't make most of the movies. <laughs> yeah, not not that many. Movies. Well, on that note, I think that about brings us to the review session. Freaking downer. All right, three hundred.
1: You ready for this? Not as ready as the soldiers were. No, they were ready to fight. Although they did eat it, so you know. They uh <laughs> Alright. I have two takeaways. One that I like, one thing that I like, and one thing that I was less into. Alright. So here's the thing that I wasn't into first. So much slow motion. I forgot.
0: So much slow-mo, yeah.
1: I forgot. Just how much slow-mo there was. And I was thinking, like, why is this lost out over time?
0: And then I realized, because everyone can shoot in slow-mo at any time now. Everyone does it, and it doesn't matter. And that was, like, so... Yeah, that was so cool. I had the same kind of thought of, like, this stylized thing is so ridiculous (laughs) for a major motion picture. And then I'm like, oh, wait, this is... this like perfected what sin city started and that's why it's used in everything that's right including like tv commercials yes
1: it i mean it's so impactful that like the the most extreme version of this made it into the harry potter movies
0: (laughs) oh yeah no that right the drawings are very similar must have been the same guy Oh,
1: I think there's a good chance.
0: I think you Okay. Was.
1: So I was out on slow mo this time around, which is really
0: interesting. Definitely. What I was in on is how many things the actors have been into. How much of a surprise was it when you're like looking like. Fast what are you doing here? Like and it
1: takes a split second because you're like, whoa, look at his hair. Why did they give that look to him? What happened here like, to you? What Fassbender? happened to you? He goes on to play, you know, this weird dual set of androids in the Prometheus series, but we'll get to that some other time, maybe. Alright. My actual most surprising one though? Hector. Hector from Westworld.
0: I I did the same <laughs> I did the same thing.
1: Hector, what have you been up to for the past 10 years?
0: Wow, Hector, you have changed.
1: (laughs) Hector is, of course, Xerxes. Oh, I shouldn't say of course. Hector is Xerxes.
0: Hector is Xerxes? (laughs) Yeah, Hector from Westworld is Xerxes from 300. He shrunk, I'll tell you that much.
1: Man, that was unexpected.
0: Absolutely. And then, I mean, Bill Burr. (laughs) Playing <laughs> Afielties. You were just—I was surprised.
1: You were just beating that drum so hard. I—I I don't agree with you on that one.
0: Well, I mean, I guess he was just looking for some money when he did that. But <sighs> okay, fair enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it all you know, always good to see Faramir, who has literally done nothing else. I looked at his IMDb Absolutely. page. Yeah. He did nothing. He hasn't done anything after three hundred.
0: Okay, so I was thinking, this is, it's a great, um, it's a really important movie as, like, the crossroads from Lord of the Rings to Game of Thrones. Hmm. Like, what really was taking the torch at that time between those two epic franchises? You had episode three in 05 after, you know, I guess Return of the King was, like, the zenith of that era yeah. and then you had 300 and then you have on to game of thrones and then a couple of years
1: it's time for a little housekeeping be sure to subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on twitter fantasy tools mind z thank you to mild manner for letting us use your tunes be sure to follow them on soundcloud and facebook Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind that Z. All I got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck
0: to you, too. Yeah.